It is 13.05. This is the HBC, the Historical Broadcasting Corporation. Good afternoon from the HBC News Desk. Capital punishment is the phrase on everyone's lips, as our top story today comes from the 1300s, where, at the command of King Edward I, the Scottish leader, William Wallace, was executed. Wallace, perhaps best known for his role portraying Mel Gibson in the film Braveheart, was also a nobleman who helped lead an uprising against the English in a bid for Scottish independence. He successfully defeated Edward's forces at the Battle of Stirling Bridge and evaded English capture for several more years until eventually being caught. Wallace was found guilty for high treason, upon which he was strangled by hanging, released while still alive, drawn on a rack, had his sexual organs cut off, eviscerated, and his bowels burned before him, before finally being beheaded and his body cut into quarters, a process better known as being hung, drawn, and quartered. HBC reporters are on the scene near the execution area, where they met with Ms. Flora Pinchwick, a 67-year-old woman who had this to say about the situation. Miss Pinchwick, what are your thoughts on Wallace's punishment? Oh, that Scottish fellow. Mm-hmm. Hanged, drawn, and quartered. Ooh, there's a nasty business in it. Quite too much for my taste. Mm. I see. Severely beaten, drawn, and quartered would have been more than sufficient, I say. Ms. Pinchwick is the leader of the Northumberland Criminal Justice Advocacy Group called Nannies for Quartering Reform. I do admit, I like a good head on a spike every now and then, but my hanging is a bit too rough. Give the boys a little break. We now turn to our weather correspondent, Dusty Days, for a look at the forecast. Dusty? Thank you. The weather is going to be splendid here as we look at Europe in the summer of 1588. Low humidity throughout the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth should bring in a good grain harvest. Looks like there's going to be another scorcher over Central Europe, though, as things start to really heat up in all thousands of states in the Holy Roman Empire. Moving west to Spain, France, and the British Isles, it looks like it's going to be a simply beautiful day. You can't pick a better day to, say, sail from Lisbon with 130 Spanish ships, 8,000 seamen, and 19,000 soldiers to crush the Royal Navy, invade England, and restore Roman Catholicism as the religion of the land. Now as we move the timeline ahead, and the summer progresses, the weather looks just as perfect moving up the French coast and into the English Channel, where western winds should allow any Spanish armada ample room to get resupplied in Flanders. Later on, it'll likely stay sunny in 75, making it a great time to engage the English fleet Except, um, wait a second. I see Protestant winds are sweeping in from the south and will push every ship north, forcing them to sail all the way around the northern tip of Scotland if they, say, want to return to Spain. Oh, and uh, Doppler radar now is indicating nasty storms incoming across the North Atlantic to the point that, say, 
only 60 of the 130 ships might make it back. Well, you know what they say. If you don't like the weather during the Spanish Armada's attempted invasion of England, wait 10 minutes. Back to you at the news desk. Thanks, Dusty. Sports are once again dominating the headlines out of Washington, D.C., as UFC, the unfortunately fighting Congressman League, wraps up its latest competition. We now go to February 6th, 1858, for a breakdown of a very real historical event, one that actually did happen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the House of Representatives, where two sides have entered the ring, but only one will leave. Tempers are running high here on the floor, as it's about 2 a.m. during the all-night session. The topic at hand is the Lecompton Constitution, a proposed constitution that was fraudulently submitted to Congress by a pro-slavery minority and would have Kansas enter as a slave state. Correct me if I'm wrong, Al, but it looks like some of the congressmen are drunk. That's right, Chuck, you're not wrong. Democrats know that every vote counts and have been delaying the vote all night as they try and get their southern colleagues to come back from the saloons nearby. I can't imagine that these northern congressmen are too happy, especially since they've been forced to keep silence for so long by the gag rule. That's right, Chuck. Put in place in the 1830s, the gag rule meant that any petition or bill supporting the end of slavery was immediately tabled. Southern slaveholders may have dominated Congress for decades, but taking away the fundamental right of northerners to petition seems to have finally backfired. Now let's go down to the ring now. Galusha Groh, a radical abolitionist Republican from Pennsylvania, looks to be standing on the Democratic side of the House, talking with a Democrat from his home state. You love to see people working across the aisle, Al. Sure do, Chuck. Now it seems someone has submitted something out of order and Groh has objected. Nothing out of the ordinary, but what's this? A visibly tipsy Lawrence Keat, a Democrat from South Carolina, has woken from his nap and told Groh he should object on his own side of the House. Ooh, there's tension in the air now, Al. Sure is, Chuck. Grow responds to Keat, telling him it's a, quote, free haul, and he can stand where he wants. Which Keat doesn't seem to like at all. Keat's marching over to the Pennsylvanian, and he grabs Grow by the throat and calls him a black Republican puppy. Will Grow back down and take the gentlemanly way of peace, as so many Northerners have done so far, Al? Well, Chuck, it looks like... No! Bro slaps Keat's arm away and tells him he won't be bullied by a slave driver's whip. Keat goes for the third again, but Bro is too fast, knocking it away and Keat to the ground. Oh boy, Al, it looks like a group of Southerners are now swarming Bro. They sure are, Chuck. But look, Republicans are streaming across desk and chair alike to join the fray. We have an all-out melee of sweaty, middle-aged men on our hands. At the heart of it all is John Bowie Knife Potter, the Republican from Wisconsin who's throwing punches left and right while trying to save Grow. Looks like in his way will be William Barksdale, a Democrat from Mississippi, and <coughs> Potter's fist connects with Barksdale. Boom, goes the dynamite. It sure does, Chuck. From the top rope, here comes John Cavode. He's holding a spittoon over his head and just looking for the right person to hit. He can't be too happy to see a fellow Pennsylvania Republican attack like that, and his target won't be too happy when they're smacked over the head and covered in tobacco spit, pal. Sure won't be, Chuck. Meanwhile, Barksdale looks dazed and confused after that hit from the Wisconsin big man. 
Barksdale reaches back in. But wait, I don't believe it. He's hit the wrong northerner. Barksdale accidentally socked Eliu Washburn from Illinois instead. Uh-oh. Eliu's brothers Caldwaller of Wisconsin and Israel of Maine are fellow Republicans and are duking it out in the middle as well. The Speaker of the House is slamming his gavel furiously, but to no avail. I haven't seen a brawl like this since they had a half-off wagon wheel sale at the Oregon Trail Outfitters, Al. Sure haven't, Chuck. It looks like it'll be Bowie Knife Potter, not one of the Washburn brothers who gets to Barksdale first. As if hitting the man from Mississippi once wasn't enough, Potter squares his shoulders, cocks back, grabs Barksdale by the hair, and... Wait, what's this? Barksdale's hair has come right off! I can't believe it, Al, but it looks like Barksdale has been wearing a wig this whole time! Red as a rose, Barksdale seizes his wig and puts it on... Uh, backwards. <laughs> is... is that... laughter, Al? It sounds like it, Chuck. It looks like the hilariously embarrassing wig incident has cooled tensions for the time being. This exhausted, black-eyed, slightly drunk group of congressmen are laughing deliriously and heading back to their seats. That's one way to end a fight, Al. It sure is, Chuck. This melee may have ended without a winner, but one thing is clear. After decades of slave-holding Southerners controlling the government with a few apathetic Northerners, these Northerners are here to fight. That all concludes today's coverage of UFC, the unfortunately fighting Congressman League. That about wraps it up for us here at the HBC News Desk. Coming up next, find out which 18th century French nobleman will be the latest to step up to the guillotine in the new episode of Chopped, the only show where not even the king is safe. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Historical Broadcasting. And be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again and good night. Good night.